Abolition. Abolition. California lawmakers get ready to vote on a form of involuntary servitude still legal in California. When that could take effect. Tomorrow morning, California lawmakers will vote on the California Abolition Act. It would amend a portion of the California Constitution to prohibit slavery and involuntary servitude, a form of slavery that remains legal in our state. The Public Safety Committee vote is the first step in legislative approval that would eventually put the matter to a vote before Californians next year. From the cradle to the grave. Pocket so now I got the friend Yayo in this dirty game. All I feel is pain. 
moving fast will I last another day? So I pray. Did I sell my soul as a young kid? All the things I did, wishing someone helped me, but they never did. I can't take it, will I make it to my older age? Before I'm shot up or locked up in a damn cage. Lord help me, God me, save me. Cause that's the way that daddy raised me crazy. Forever trying, I was born dying. Inglewood is a city where I'm walk by. The beginning is the ending, am I just a slave? So I got to be brave from the cradle to the grave. From the Abolition. Abolition. You just heard a news report on California's ACA3 hearing, which happened Tuesday, June the 15th. That was followed by Tupac Shakur's Thug Life Cradle to the Grave. His birthday just passed on Wednesday, June 16th, and he would have been 50 years old. Peace and welcome to Abolition Today a weekly syndicated online radio program with a specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, and live streams and archive podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org. I'm your host, Max Parthas. My man, Tag Harmon, is still here at the PCAC doing volunteer work, and he'll help me hold it down once again. Peace, Tag. Happy Father's Day, brother. Likewise, likewise. Word. I got my man Mike in the house over here from ATL, too. He's filming us while we're working. What's happening, Mike? <laughs> no doubt. And some really good news. Brother Yusuf Hassan has returned to Abolition Today. Happy Father's Day and welcome back, bro. Hey, happy Father's Day to you and all of our listeners, Max. It's great to be back in the saddle once again. Yeah, man, people have been praying hard for you and the family, you know, y'all going through what y'all was going through, and I'm glad to see yes. you you're getting a normal, a little normalcy in your life. Yeah, every everything is great. Mom's is doing great. You know, uncle is now resting in his proper place, and, you know, the family will move on, you know, to just get everything back together. I'm glad to be back on the airwaves, you know, because uh, abolition – Slavery abolition is uh, embedded in my heart. <laughs> I hear that, brother. So <clears throat> while everybody was doing the happy dance for Juneteenth being turned into a federal holiday and allegedly marking the end of slavery, this week we've had hearings to actually end slavery in three different states and introduced a joint resolution. I need that sound effect right about now, right? Uh, joint federal resolution, the exception clause of the 13th Amendment. So if slavery ended as they say it did, then what the hell have we been doing all this time trying to get it out of your state constitutions and the federal constitution? Careful cognitive dissonance might make your head explode. This Father's Day, 2021, we play highlights of the week's momentous and historic national events. We remember our fallen just so you've seen, we started out remembering our fallen. We honor our ancestors, and we're going to uplift our youth and provide you with the most inspirational and educational program possible. All right, bro, let's start on that opening, man. Any, any comments from the family here? From the cradle well, to the grave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 what can you say? Uh, the, 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 the thought of 
it was on point. It was very on point. You know, uh, I uh, was listening to the clip of uh, John Oliver in the beginning, you know, and just hearing that be announced on such a huge platform, you know, of our work, the word is just getting out there. And, yeah, of course, of course, it was great hearing Tupac, man, cradle to the grave. Are you talking about the John Oliver uh, thing where he just did on the uh, prisons in Texas with no air conditioning? No. Uh, it was part of the opening clip. At least that's what I heard. I heard no, John no. Oliver, maybe. No, that wasn't John Oliver. That was, uh, I believe it was uh, NMS NBC News uh, that talked about it out in California. Oh, the gentleman that was speaking sounded like John yeah. Oliver. <laughs> oh, no, no, that wasn't John. Although, props to John, I've got a whole playlist from him where he talks about all kinds of aspects of modern-day slavery, like like us. He breaks it down. Absolutely. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I really appreciate that. I just wish he was a slavery abolitionist. Like if he just outright became one, you know what I mean? He's talked about the 13th Amendment. Uh, it's been a heck of a week, as I said at the intro, man. And uh, Travel and I, as always, have been busy and up in the middle, all kinds of stuff. I did a summit recently with Dr. Joy James and Dr. Uh, Jared Paul, and uh, that was pretty popular. As a matter of fact, they made a couple of memes out of me. <laughs> it, it was kind of funny, you know. Um, it was one point <laughs> where I was talking about, I, I explained how willful ignorance is betrayal. Like, if you know and you act like you don't, that's betrayal. You know what I mean? We should talk about betrayal. Right. And so I said, well, let me throw a name out there, Van Jones, right? Van Jones was in the film 13th. He's talked about it before. He's very, very familiar with the exception clause, but we ain't heard nothing from him. And when he gets up into positions where he can talk about this issue, it never comes to mind. Like you, you don't know nothing about it all of a sudden. And that's a form of betrayal. And so I said, you know, he's sitting around with Matt playing footsies with master trying to decide what exactly to say. Oh man, they was tripping on that one. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, there's true, but it's true, you know. If you know what's going on and you ain't speaking up, you're the problem, you know. That's betrayal. So the summit was very popular. Uh, they created this huge uh, library that they have, which they want us to submit material on the abolitionist movement and also on our own, uh, you know, works that we have been doing to this library. That's worth like I think it's like a million dollars they're spending on it to create, and mm-hmm. they want as much abolitionist content as they can get. So that happened, which was pretty cool. And uh, the other day, I was down in Columbia, South Carolina, back at the State House Capitol for the first time in a minute. Uh, Brother John Sims, y'all remember, he was the guest. He's the one also the police came after up there at 701, uh, the art facility where he had, uh, he was a, a resident, artist in residence, came in the middle of the night, held him at gunpoint, like, you know, he was robbing somebody. Um, he put on an event there where he, you know, did his recolorization and commemorated the Charleston Nine here in South Carolina who were killed, the nine people that were killed in South Carolina. His and, June uh, 17th. Right, June 17th. You know, when we was involved in all of that, it went down personally. So we went back again today, right. uh, that day on the 17th, and uh, we talked about that. Uh, we remembered them. And we gave some speeches, and I broke down, you know, where we at now versus the last time I spoke from that spot. Uh, you know, I, I believe I was the first slavery abolitionist to speak from that spot since the 1800s. So it kind of felt 
you know, I felt some kind of way standing there with that statue of George Washington right behind me. And even said as much, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this slaver, right? Like over my shoulder while I'm talking. But the highlight of it all was the brother had a 50 by 50 flag, Confederate flag, laying on the steps that had been recolorized in red, black, and green. So <laughs> we just threw it all up in white supremacy space. It was across the state house stairs, covering just about the entire stairs, in a red, black, and green Confederate flag. And then John Sims did that. So uh, Traveling and I did some poetry, and as I said, we broke down the circumstances. And even John talked about the 13th Amendment, which, you know, I've been riding on him to do for some time now. Right. He right. did that in his speech where he broke it all down. Uh, that speech should be available. We'll get it out to you uh, so that you'll be able to see. There's been a, a couple of other things that we've been. It's, it's just been a, like, lightning quick, right, Dad? Excited about 
the gathering we had yesterday for In the Exception. You know, I don't know if you want to talk about that right now, but it was just a really great event, uh, seeing everyone announcing, you know, the introduction of the the uh, the bill that will eventually become the 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, finally ending legalized slavery as it exists, as it's codified in law. You know, I heard uh, – during all these Juneteenth celebrations and everything, I remember sitting and I saw a commercial come on, and it had a voiceover playing of uh, Al Sharpton, and he said, uh, Juneteenth marked the end of legalized slavery. You know, wow. and I said, and I said out loud, I was like, that's when legalized slavery began. Prior to that, it was not codified in law. It was just basically like, okay, it's a business. A person is running their business no different than they're selling T-shirts or shoes. You know, how a person ran the plantation was how he ran the plantation, and there was no government interference. But what the 13th Amendment did, and specifically the exception clause, is it codified it in law to say no one can do slavery except basically the state and the federal right. government. When it says ex- except as punishment for a crime where a person's been duly convicted, yep. that's it. So now it's now codified in law but with a legal definition of what slavery, what type of slavery is allowed. And so, and it was crazy, you know, seeing all of this stuff, going through my timeline, just seeing all the everything. I mean, you name it. You know, and now we know how they always do with, uh, even with uh, Dr. King's day. You know, that's when you can get a, a good sale on a mattress or on a car. You know, and someone was saying they're going to do what they did to single de Mayo. You know, and so all of a sudden we're going to see people who normally wouldn't be doing it, but they'll be out. And I'm talking when I say people, I mean people who don't look like us are going to be running around with dashikis on and kufis on every year. <laughs> You know, enjoying their day off. You know, and those so, are the nice ones. That's the nice ones. Think about the ones who right. ain't nice, what they'll be doing. Oh, yeah, you have ones where they're going to be complaining. Why do they need a holiday? You know, uh, I saw the chatter when they when they uh, did the Nets against the Bucks last night basketball game. And, you know, when they started doing the national, before they did the national anthem, they did, you know, of course, what we termed the black national anthem with lift every voice and sing. And, of course, there was a lot of buzz on social media about why is, it, why is, there, why is this being sung as a national anthem and blah, 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 this type of thing. So we know that they're going to be pushed back, you know, but we're pushing back too, but it's sort of like a different type of pushback. We're pushing back with the thing that has sustenance. Let's stop spreading this lie that slavery ended. You know, when we know clearly defined by law, slavery did not end when the 13th, at the Emancipation Proclamation, we know Frederick Douglass did his, you know, his famous speech called, I denounce the so-called uh, Emancipation Proclamation as a monumental lie. And he went around, he gave it time. He gave it time to materialize over, what was it, 23 years, 25 years to see. He traveled around the country and he saw slavery still existed in multiple jurisdictions all over the country. 
So it wasn't like someone could come back and say, well, you just didn't give it enough time. No, 25 years later, he gave this speech that he knew it was a fraud. And then, again, once we look at the 13th Amendment and we see the history since 1865 going from uh, convict leasing, black codes, chain gangs, leading all the way up into the prison industrial complex and private prison industries that exist now. So all of that stuff was boiling up inside of me when I'm seeing people, happy Juneteens and you know, and it's like of all the issues that we have with police brutality, uh, systemic racism, systemic, systemic injustices, you know, it's like, okay, this is the safest one to give them. And I saw an actual meme. It was like a little kid laying on the ground, little black kid laying on the ground crying, and it had like Juneteenth written on his head, and it had like a white hand above him patting him on his head, like saying, you know, this is supposed to pacify you right now. Hey, hey Yusuf, um, yeah. I, want, what I, I want to backtrack a minute, right? Um, sure. You know, Tag was explaining the tactics they've been using against us. You know, I'm in state operations, so like I'm, I'm, I'm right there when this stuff happens. And one of the things that they do is schedule a hearing with less than a day. Uh, like, sure. Like they did in Louisiana, remember? Well, sure. they did that in mm-hmm. Ohio, too. And, you know... We had nobody to testify. <clears throat> Nothing was really set up that way. Uh, Sister Jeanne, her son was graduating that day, you know, so she couldn't make it. And wow. I, reached out, I reached out to Hannah, uh, and Hannah was like, Max, I got you. You're good. I'm nervous, but I got you. I'm going to go out that's there and do this. That's our girl, man. That's our girl. Yeah. That's, you know, she was one of the original hosts of this program. If you go back to the, right. host, to the first few shows, you'll hear her with us. So we she miss went, her. We miss her. She went to Ohio, put on her, you know, superhero uh, clothes and cape, and went into it. Even though she was nervous, because she had never uh, really done nothing any like this before. She hadn't ever addressed the Senate uh, on behalf of a bill. Right. In, in, yeah, in her thing man. is being on the streets raising hell. That's right. Her thing. Well, kind of like that, or, <laughs> and organizing. But she held it right. down for us, and. Uh, I want to play a clip of her actually doing it and it'll be followed with some music. Okay. So it's going to be uh sister Hannah testifying in Ohio on the 16th. And that's going to be followed by angel Hayes featuring uh, Sia and it's called battle cry. So you're listening yeah. to Adolescent today and we're going to go over all the highlights of the past week. So tune in and we'll be right back. Abolition after day. Next I'll call up Senate joint resolution one for second hearing. First witness is Alan Abdur Rahim. Welcome and proceed on ready. Hello, and thank you, Chairman My, uh, Manning, Vice Co-Chair, excuse me, and members of the committee for giving me this opportunity to speak today. My name is Ellen Abdur Rahim, and I am here today as a representative of the Black Abolitionist Collective of Ohio and Abolitionist Slavery National Network to ask that the Ohio Senate Judiciary Committee votes yes on Senate Bill SJR 1. The 13th Amendment states, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for a crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. This exception clause shows that slavery was not abolished as we were made to believe 
in American history books. And instead it was reformed into what we know now today as our prison system. The abolishment of slavery in the United States and specifically in the state of Ohio is overdue. We cannot continue to live under the 13th Amendment, Amendment Exception Clause, which directly impacts black and brown and marginalized communities. And we see that within the statistics and the rising of the, popu- uh, the prison population. And as the prison population continu- continues to rise, crime does not decrease. So why do we need to live in a state of legalized enslavement via our prison system? The federal government recognized Juneteenth as a national holiday today. But I asked, how can this country recognize Juneteenth but not abolish slavery within our Constitution? One does not go without the other. The federal government is also introducing a joint resolution to counter the exception clause of the 13th Amendment, backed by Senators Jeff Merkley of Oregon and Congresswoman Nakima Williams of Georgia. So I am asking today that Ohio joins the states of Colorado, Utah, Rhode Island, and Nebraska and become an example to other states in the Midwest and across the nation to end slavery in our Constitution. If you vote against this bill today, make no mistake that you are absolutely voting voting to keep slavery legal in the state of Ohio. So I ask you once again to please vote yes on Senate Bill SJR1 and remove the exception clause from the 13th Amendment of our state constitution. Thank you. Thank you so much for your testimony. Are there any questions from committee? Seeing none, thank you once again. Uh, Members, please note um, written testimony from a number of individuals on your iPads. And this will stand as the second hearing on Senate Joint Resolution 1. Because the time- 
man, they can't do anything that you're about to You just heard Sister Hannah out there testifying in Ohio on June 16, 2021. That was followed by Angel Hayes featuring Sia, Battle Cry. Man, she did some heroic stuff right there. Like I said, you know, like she's a poet as well. That's probably the most important poem she's ever written. Speaking Mm -hmm. of power like that, you know. Yusuf? Absolutely. And she she did a tremendous job. Yeah. All right. Can you still hear yourself? Try it again. Uh, let me see. Okay. No. So, yeah. Just, just Hannah just came a long way because, again, she just had that fire where her thing was about organizing and raising hell against police departments and police brutality after the killing of uh, Tamir Rice and I forgot the young gentleman's name that got killed in Columbus. You know, and that's when I was uh, teaching her about the 13th Amendment, and she just jumped right on that, and that's why she set up that event for us all to come out to Columbus to give the uh, show the 13th and teach the people about the 13th Amendment, and she's just been all in ever since. And, yeah, to hear her speak there, I know she was extremely nervous, you know, knowing how she is, you know, to be sitting in, you know, such a formal setting and everything, but she did a tremendous job. So definitely applause to her for that. Yeah, she hit me up like she's like Max, can, can you can you take out some of the, the stuttering and nervousness? I'm like, no, no, that's beautiful. Like that shows that's real person right there standing up like right. that, and you're that person. Let the world know, you know. And you're gonna see more like that tonight. You're gonna hear more like that tonight with the highlights. As a matter of fact, I want to take some time now, seven thirty, and just go ahead and get into the next one. Is that how you would do, Yusuf? Absolutely. But just to make sure before I do, do you guys want to comment, Mike, or tag on what we just heard? Just dive right into it. All right, well, ACA3 happened on the 16th. You know, we started out with that announcement from the news, but it actually passed unanimously uh, through California's uh, Senate. So I think they got like one more step, and then it'll be on the ballot for people to vote. There's been quite a bit of media and writing write-ups about it as well. This is a huge event that California has passed this bill towards ending slavery in their state. Uh, so I'm going to play a little portion of the hearings. The part I'm going to play is after all the testimonies have been done, and now they're looking for somebody to stand in opposition, and then that'll be followed by Senator Cam Lager's closing statements in ACA3 in California. On June 15th. This has been happening all week, y'all, and you're about to see some of the best fruits of it. Uh, you're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. Yusuf is back and he's here, and we're going to be right back after this. Peace. Abolition. Abolition. Today. Uh, Mr. Chair, we have exhausted the queue. Thank you. Are there any witnesses um, that is in opposition of ACA 3? They're in opposition of involuntary servitude in the audience. 
because I have no speaker scheduled to speak in opposition. Are there any anyone in opposition of ending involuntary servitude on the line? They operate AT&T operator. You may open up the line. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, to show opposition to ACA3, please press 1 followed by 0 at this time. And again, to show opposition to Bill ACA3, please press 1 followed by 0. Uh, we do have one participant queuing up. One moment, please. And for anybody else to... To testify in opposition, please press 1 followed by 0. I apologize. They are still with the operator, though. Let's have a question. We will go to line 86. Please go ahead. Yes, my name is Angela Nirvana for the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California, and I am in strong support of ACA3. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, Mr. Chair, there's no other participants okay. at this time. Thank you, AT&T operator. We'll now bring it to the committee, Mr. Uh, do you want to ask for the remote testimony that oh. might appear on the screen? No, we, we're still let, doing well, that. I'll, I'll go ahead and ask for any remote testimony for or against ACA 3. There's no one in the room. So, Mr. Quirk, if you have a question or a comment, you may now yeah, begin. Yes, so I have a comment, and you can respond in your close. Uh, my so, uh, first of all, let me move the bell. I'm sure you'll get a very good vote out of this and get out of committee and go on the ballot, and uh, I would hope the people of California then approve it. But my problem is that it may not... Just changing this depends upon the court's interpretation of what it means that we don't have involuntary servitude in prisons. It could be that nothing changes, or it could be everything changes. It all depends upon the courts. What we really need to do, and this is true whether this amendment passes or not, is as a legislature, and I would hope you would lead this effort, to come up with new rules for the Department of uh, Rehabilitation and Corrections. Um, should we be paying minimum wage or some fraction thereof? That would probably cost about $2 billion a year, which then would come out of other programs. But maybe that's an investment we want to make, particularly if we could keep that money in trust, until pe a certain amount of it in trust until people got out, we could have a much lower recidivism rate. So I can see the real advantages of that. But regardless of what it is we decide, we should decide, and that's true whether this passes or not. So in your close, uh, I'm hoping that you will pledge to bring forward a bill to discuss what the parameters should be so that we know that we will get real change. Thank you. Uh, you want to do it in your close? Yes, Ms. Uh, 
Ms. Wicks. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I just want to thank uh, the author for bringing about this bill and your leadership, uh, not only on this issue, but across the board on criminal justice reform issues, uh, and would love to be added as a co-author. Thank you. Anyone else? Seeing Mr. Lee. I want to thank the Senator for bringing this important uh, constitutional amendment. It's a real stain on California's legacy that it still exists here. I think, obviously, and this is only just a comment, but uh, the qualified exemption of slavery that still persists after the Civil War in the case except for punishment is obviously a glaring error in that, and obviously one has fueled the mass incarceration that exists in this country. And I'm really glad that we're taking the affirmative step towards erasing the evolution of slavery exists in this country. We know this exists through wage uh, exploitation, through making uh, our prison inmates conduct actual vital services and production that still exists across this country. So hopefully, as uh, my colleague from our colleague from the East Bay alluded to, hopefully we'll be taking the lead on that. I would love to join you in that effort to make sure that real human dignity and real human labor is actually valued in this. Even in the context of prisons, they're still human beings and they should be treated as such. Uh, we didn't sentence them to do free labor in any, any other context that is slavery, of course. Um, so I really hopefully that we will work on this measure and I'm happy to support today. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? You may close, Ms. Kahnlager. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I first want to thank you for agendizing this item um, so that we could have this discussion, and I thank my colleagues for your comments. I want to um, address the questions and comments raised by Assemblymember Quirk. In fact, there uh, is case law on the books dating back to 1883 on um, the unconstitutionality of slavery. And in fact, in 1911, Bailey v. Alabama, they actually questioned it with regards to involuntary servitude. This is about taking this issue out of this body and to the voters in 2022 by putting it on a ballot. Um, it could be challenged in the courts. It could go to the state Supreme Court. It could go to the Ninth Circuit. Um, I believe they're standing because there are other states who have also passed this. Um, and have and are beginning the conversations around um, dignified and appropriate wages and pay. Um, ultimately, um, there are two issues, what our state constitution says and then what our penal code section says and other laws on the books that we have as well as other jurisdictions throughout the state around what is an appropriate wage. And I hope um, that A, this passes, and that B, we can continue the conversation about what is an appropriate wage for someone who is incarcerated. Um, and that people will get uncomfortable because it will ultimately force folks to decide the value of a body while they are incarcerated, the value of a person while they are incarcerated. And I don't know where that will lead us, but it surely should lead us to someplace other than eight cents an hour. You know, the penal code says that CDCR shall require of every able-bodied prisoner imprisoned in any state prison as many hours of faithful labor in each day and every day during his or her term of imprisonment as shall be prescribed by the rules and regulations of the director of corrections. When I read that, I thought to myself, 
this is very similar to what I would hear in a story about a slave owner and a plantation. And how do we re-engineer what criminal justice looks like, what our criminal legal system should look like, and how we treat people? These are real vestiges of slavery that we are dealing with, that you all deal with every single time a bill comes before you in many instances. Mr. Lockhart, while he didn't say, had to actually get permission from his parole officer to come here today to testify. If that isn't having a silent, invisible shackle on you, I don't know what is. So I am hoping that you will vote on this bill, that it will allow, we will be allowed to bring it to the floors, and ultimately that we will be allowed to bring this to the voters in 2022. You know, words matter. Words matter because they prescribe our values. And I have to believe that in this year of this century, we are working to rethink some of the remnants of times that were not good to certain people and to fix those. So in the words of one of the callers, Mr. Chair and committee, let's do this. Let's pass ACA 3. I respectfully ask for your I vote. And I, and I want to thank the author uh, for bringing this forward, especially so close to Juneteenth. And when you really think of Juneteenth, like a lot of celebrations for a lot of days that we honor what has happened in the past, if you really think about Juneteenth, it's about delaying justice. Uh, in Texas, uh, slaves in Texas weren't notified when slavery ended, and it was deliberate. It was deliberate because it was economically not in Texas's advantage to let people free labor out of Texas. Slavery was begun because of free labor. Indentured servitude back in England was all about companies being able to get the cheapest labor, even child labor, to be able to keep the economy going. The reason we were three-fifths a person because you can't force an individual to work for less unless you downgrade them in that manner. And that's why we were able to get away with slavery which built this country, built this on the backs of slaves that go all the way back 400 years ago. And so it's an economic thing. And for individuals that are incarcerated, just think of it. Um, If we had paid this man what he was worth, I know there was discussion about how much money that is, but if we had paid this man who was worth $1,000 a week that you would pay a firefighter, he would walk out of prison with $150,000 to start his life all over again that he actually earned by putting his life on the line. That's reparations. I'm on reparations. This should be part of it. We should look at all the laws that have kept African Americans, Latinos, and others behind so that we even the playing field so they can be equal to everyone else. And... Um, you were asking, where do we go next? As part of reparations, this should be part of it. As Mr. Quirk was saying, where do we go next? This whole concept of paying people, of removing all the vestiges of slavery and other things that kept people down, maybe that's where we start with the laws and even the naming of things. I'm also on a, on a committee that looks at the naming 
of things in California that are racially insensitive, insensitive that have kept people back because of the racist names, and it downgrades a whole society of people. We're going to look at that too, because that's also part of reparations. And so, the reason that this bill is so important, not only it begins the conversation, but it helps me validate why we need to have this as part of reparations. And so I, I thank you because you not only make my job easier as a member of the reparations committee, but I think um, we, you have set the stage for the dialogue that we need to move forward. So the chair is recommending an I vote. Call the roll. On ACA 3, the motion is due pass to the Appropriations Committee. Joan Sawyer. Aye. Joan Sawyer, aye. Lackey. Lackey, aye. Bauer Cahan. Bauer Cahan, aye. Lee. Lee, aye. Quirk. Aye. Quirk, aye. Santiago. Santiago, aye. Sayarto. Wicks. Wicks, aye. That measure passes. Thank you. Thank you. Abolition. 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 Yo. <laughs> that was some shit right there You know, California passes California's not playing They're like, no, none of that slavery stuff around here uh, And Senator Kim Lager She was right on point uh, I love, you know I had a little fun I, I let some stupid out of me You all saw it in the beginning When you're sitting there begging for somebody Please, anybody, would you say no I want slavery Or you could hear was crickets And then, you know, the doo-doo-doo-doo <laughs> that was cool. And then they got a call. They thought they had the call. It was call number 86. It was like, you know, foreboding 86 is coming in to do the damn thing. And then suddenly she's like, yo, I love ACA3. Let's pass it, everybody. <laughs> that was awesome. Yusuf? Brother Yusuf, you there? Oh, sorry, I didn't realize I was muted. I apologize for that. So it was just so pleasing to hear her mention Bailey versus Alabama. You know how big I am on that case from 1911, you know, because that question always comes up, well, what is this going to do? How is it going to make a change? And you and I have laid this out so many times in so many different episodes. I encourage the listeners to go back to season one, episode seven, when we did the 13th Amendment trap door, you know, where we really lay out going all the way back to the slaughterhouse cases of 1873 and the civil rights cases of uh, 1883, uh, going into the Bailey versus Alabama from 1911 and, you know, many of the acts that were imposed throughout history, like the Ashurst Summers Act or uh, uh, what's, what's, what's the other one I can't think of right now, the Hawes Cooper Act, how the courts and how Congress has always been trying to deal with this. And the courts always come down and say, well, according to Section 2 of the 13th Amendment, Congress has the ability to do something about them. It's talking about the legislature of any state. They're the ones that are supposed to be making an act to address this because the courts have always had cases come in front of them where people were suing about the wages and the living conditions and all of these things going on in the, in the prisons and in county jails. And they say, look, we can't touch it because Congress has to do something about it. So that's always been the court's position, and we've covered it on you know, many different occasions where uh, – we know the changes that are going to happen. I mean, we know the 
the number crunching that's been done, where it's talking about it could potentially lead to a 70% decrease in the prison population. We talk about the improvement of the living conditions, many of the things that go on in the prisons would no longer exist just from coming from this because they would remove the private prison industry's bloodlust for having someone in the prisons, whether they're warehousing bodies or they're running assembly lines. You know, if they have to pay these people the same thing that they would pay people, you know, if it was just a warehouse out in society, then they're not going to do that. If the person, they're still going to have to give them benefits, you know, they're going to have to get health benefits and all of these things, they're not going to want to do it anymore. There's no incentive for it. The whole idea behind doing all of this was saying, okay, this is something where I would normally have to pay someone $40 an hour, and I can pay this guy $0.12 cents an hour. Yes, that's who I'm going to go get to do this. And he can't take any days off. I don't have to give him any medical coverage. It's none of these things. So, yeah, it's just great hearing all hearing of that, all of, you know, and just and great, just great, great, uh, great uh, that there was that no opposition to it. Anybody here want to speak on that? What you heard? Yes, I thought too. You know, yeah, they, they said it all. You know, what I mean, and we're here to show you the highlights, so you can hear it with your own ears. I'm trying to do mm-hmm. this kind of in chronological order. You know, you mentioned earlier about the ending the exception event and the kind of leading up to that. You know what I mean? So I did play California's final part a little bit out of order, but I thought that you all should hear that uh, for sure. It's inspiring to hear that's what's happening. And mind you, this was a day before they announced Juneteenth as a federal holiday happening in California, a full discussion with the Senate about whether or not slavery is legal in that state. And then everybody that's had these hearings have all had the same thing that they agreed upon, that it is legal through the 13th Amendment. Whether it's legal in your state or not, that's another thing. But it is legal through the 13th Amendment. They recognize that. And that's wonderful to hear. I want to carry on some more of this uh, inspiration and let you hear what happened in Oregon. And there was so many people there who testified powerfully and wonderfully. We had professors that came in, uh, experts on criminal justice. Uh, There were people who were, uh, you know, therapists that work with inmates. And and they all testified in favor of. And a couple of these, even Tribal and I called in and talked, you know. But in Oregon, the one that stood out for me was 11-year-old Jordan. And uh, she got up and she spoke before the Oregon State Committee about why we need to end slavery in Oregon. So let's go ahead and listen to what happened on June 18th with 11-year-old Jordan, and that's going to be followed by Ball of Confusion, the remix from The Temptations. You're listening to Abolition Today, here with Yusuf Hassan back in the house, Max Parthas, and give a shout-out, y'all. We're over here at the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center. We've got a live uh, group here, and We'll be right back after this. Abolition. 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 Morning, Chair Smith Warner, Vice Chair Dresden, and Halvey, and the members of the committee. Thank you for allowing me to testify today. For the record, my name is Jordan Connor, and I'm 11 years old. The 13th Amendment states that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist in Oregon, except as a punishment for a crime where the parties should have been duly convicted. 
I'm talking about this day because as a person of color, I see and hear about slavery and involuntary servitude around me. I see it happening in books, movies, and inside of my own family. I am closer to involuntary servitude and slavery because my stepdad, Anthony, is incarcerated and legally a slave. I know it should be illegal to be a slave and put to do involuntary servitude inside of prisons and the criminal justice system. I want to grow up in a world that does not include slavery nor involuntary servitude because it can improve the way people think and the way people feel inside and outside of the criminal justice system. I think our future should be free and not have slavery and involuntary servitude because it is wrong to make people do work that is not right for them to do and also to be used for things that they don't volunteer freely for. People should not be considered as property to someone else and considered any less than human. People like Anthony should not be classified as a slave and used for involuntary work because they are not less than human. They have families. Anthony and I talk about the schoolwork and what we do, like how he leads the Huru Salsa Club and I work with Oasis Prison Coalition. It's important because he is not material, he is human and he matters to our family. We need to do better and stop slavery and involuntary servitude and stop treating humans as property. Please schedule a work session for SGR 10 as quick as possible, and I urge you to vote yes. Back here at home tonight and the landmark moment in American history today. President Biden making Juneteenth a new federal holiday, marking the day the last African-American slaves were freed in Texas following the Civil War. Too many bills, hip is moving to the hills People all over the world are shouting in the war 
Remix. You can find all that on our page, face, uh, Facebook page at Abolition Today. Yusuf? That was so powerful, was so powerful hearing powerful. that uh, young child talking like that because it sounded like the maturity of an adult. So definitely applaud young Jordan and young Jordan's parents because mm-hmm. Jordan gets it. It seems many adults don't get it, but Jordan gets it. Jordan gets it. And you see, that was followed up by the report of the president signing in Juneteenth as a national holiday celebrating the end of slavery. And so that's where Ball of Confusion comes in, and the remix, because that's what we got going on. State after state after state is abolishing slavery or in the process of abolishing slavery, and you got the balls to tell us it's over. And how are you going to do that? Well, not only am I going to tell you it's over so I can shut all of this conversation down, but I'm going to give you a day off, too. Y'all ain't had a day off 36 years. And can't you just wait to see blonde heads coming over in the daishikis? I mean, you just can't wait for that, right? <laughs> you know what, Max? Well, you know, we just recently had the uh, the episode entitled America, the Hypocrite's Glass House. And I'm thinking, at the same time, here is this national holiday of celebrating the end of slavery, but yet they also have those who are fighting against the 1619 Project who don't even want slavery taught, you know, the history of slavery. So that's just that that other hypocrisy that's going on. You know, we're going to say, oh, we ended slavery. We don't want to tell you what slavery is. Hey, Brother Palmetto wants to say something. Palmetto Star. Yes, 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 and and it's not by coincidence that they um, made Juneteenth a federal holiday at the same time when people are trying to abolish slavery in this country. And, you know, um, Juneteenth is now going to be just another day for pink people to get drunk in daishiki Mm -hmm. and call black people nigger on, on, right, Call, they call us racist, call black people racist niggers, water wearing mm-hmm. Nikes. So that's just <laughs> that's what Juneteenth is going to be now. You know, or you know, that's what they're trying to make it out to be. Just another day for paying people to get drunk. So, you know, it's it's we got to stay focused on true slavery and not these symbolic gestures and um and fake um you know fake hope that they give us. For real. And, you know, they have nerve to call what we're doing symbolic. 
What? Are you out of your mind? We're literally changing this constitution where all your laws are based on. And some of these states haven't changed their constitution since 1875, 1865, 1880. That's the last time they did that. And we are doing that and have done it successfully. And now we're about to do the 13th Amendment. You know what that takes? You got to get, not only, first of all, do you got to get a joint resolution and have representatives on both sides be able to uh, sponsor this bill, but then you've got to get three quarters of the state representatives on board to vote for it in their states. But first, they got to go to their states, get their states to vote yes, and then three quarters of them got to come back and then vote again in order to change the Constitution. That's the type of effort. This is a permanent thing. Ain't no takesy-backsies on this one, Okay. You know, right. so this is real. It ain't no symbolic. Imagine what the world, will, this country will be like when slavery isn't legal. That's what you should be doing. Imagine, start thinking about that, because that's where we're going. You see? Absolutely. I ditto everything you say. All right, I see we have a caller uh, with their hand up on the board. I don't know if we have time to bring in callers. I was going to, but they just disappeared off the board. Yeah, look like they raised. They look like they put their hand down. <laughs> yeah, well, listen. Uh, if you do want to call in, we'll take a few calls. We're at 515-605-9814. That's 515-605-9814. Remember to press the 1 on your keypad so that we know you have something to say, a question or a comment. Uh, in the meantime, yeah, there we go. 504 is uh, 8373. You are on abolition today. Yeah, brother, this is the line over now. I was calling in pretty late. I was trying to catch y'all. But peace, brother. Hey, what's going on, Alonzo? He's coming yeah, from an uh, unsecure location. Yeah, yeah, we, we, I'm calling for the last slave plantation, LSP, stands for the last slave plantation, Louisiana State Penitentiary. And uh, like I said, we got a lot of a lot of things that's going on right now that uh, that's a vivid description of uh, the Jim Crow laws that we're still under. And uh, the ridiculous thing about it, we always celebrating. Like we are, uh, that, that we're in a better condition, but we're in a worse condition than we was in, uh, in a reconstruction period or whatnot. Uh, we're dealing with uh, Jim Crow laws, the 10 2 system uh, designed to uh, silence uh, the vote uh, in Orleans Parish. We got one brother, Jason Williams, which is the head district attorney in Orleans Parish. He has created a civil rights division, and uh, he said all of his 10 uh, 2s falling under that division, so we know it's a civil rights acting a human right uh, violation or whatnot. So we're just trying to get everybody to tune in and uh, stay focused on the main prize or whatnot uh, to keep the heat up. Hey, Alonzo, while we have you on the air, uh, what what was the chatter you're hearing down there once you heard that this federal amendment was signed, you know, into law regarding June 10th? Juneteenth. I can't imagine anyone in, on the inside, you know, really happy about that because you guys know firsthand you're still being enslaved. Right, right, right. And uh, like I said, a lot of the brothers or whatnot, uh, uh, it gives them the ability to be educated uh, about it or whatnot, but that's the only thing that we can take out of that or whatnot, uh, give us the ability that we need to uh, testify to, to, to the 13th Amendment and say we're still in existence or whatnot, uh, but outside of that or whatnot, uh, it was a slap in the face. Slap in the face, man. And, you know, out there in Louisiana, on the plantation right now, uh, over in Angola, uh, 
we just tried to abolish slavery there just last month. And it was a powerful moment when we did the press release in Louisiana. Hey, uh, Alonzo, can you mute your phone for a moment when you're not talking? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, brother. So just last month, they put their bill in. They had their press release. It got worldwide attention, and we're talking about it all over the all over the globe. Like I saw one headline in um, what was it, uh, Vietnam or, or somewhere like t- Taiwan? It's somewhere Taiwan. in Southeast Asia. It was mm-hmm. Taiwan. The headline said, uh, "Ending slavery in Louisiana, the prison capital of the world." You know, so everybody was talking about it. So they had to give them a hearing, and then they gave them a hearing. And what happened? We had these uh, nine white Republican uh, representatives that voted no to ending slavery in Louisiana. It was the first loss we took like that in a vote, and they stood up proudly to keep slavery in Louisiana. And in that same period of time, they also had the hearings about the 10 and 2 uh, verdicts regarding, or sometimes 11 and 1, Jim Crow laws that put over 15 have over 1,500 people behind bars right now with all white juries in unconstitutional uh, juror decisions where you know they didn't even have uh, 12 jurors that was voting on it. So that got overturned by the Supreme Court. And then they tried to make it so it was retroactive because there's like 1,500 people that have been affected by this that's still in prison right now, potentially innocent, who have been railroaded by all white juries in Louisiana. And they decided not to make it retroactive, meaning that they just told those people, you know, screw you, you can sit back and rot. And these are crimes against humanity that we're talking about right now. You know what I mean? When you're just throwing that many lives away like it means nothing in the world to you, you know? Uh, so I want to get into the next story and clip, but before I do that, I do want to put somebody's name out there. Is that brother's name Kevin Strickland? Kevin Strickland? In Missouri, I believe his name is Kevin Strickland in Missouri. Pardon me, I don't have the information in front of me at the moment. But in Missouri, there's this brother that's 43 years. He's innocent. Everybody knows he's innocent. The prosecutor's working on his side, petitioning the judges and and the governor to get him out. The judge knows it. The police know it. The mayor knows it. And the governor knows it. The governor has this on his desk where he could easily let him out. Um, He's had it on his desk for 40 days. Knowing that the man is innocent has already done 43 years, uh, Kevin Strickland, right? And mm-hmm. instead of talking about freeing him, the governor of Missouri told the prosecutor that if you put any charges against the white couple who pulled guns on Black Lives Matter protesters as they were passing through, then I will pardon them immediately. So he's going to pardon them who have never even been freaking prosecuted of nothing while this black man has to sit here for 40 days after you knew it was done. Like, you, you could, he should have been out. And he's there right now. Another day, another crime against humanity that continues on when you know full well what you're doing and throwing people's lives away. And the sad part of it is, remember, Ricky Kidd is a friend of ours. He's been here. He was our first guest at the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center. He spent 23 years unjustly incarcerated in a Missouri prison. And you know what he told us? In Missouri... You don't get no compensation if you've been wrongfully convicted. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in there. They just basically let you go. And that's what they they, they haven't even done that much for this man. Yusuf, or anybody else want to come in on that? Yeah, I just looked it up. It is Kevin uh, Strickland, and everything you said was right and exact. <laughs> you know, and it 
I, when I first learned of what the governor said about the uh, the couple that waved their guns, and I, and he said, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to pardon them, and that was the first thing that came to mind. And I'm like, well, what about Kevin Strickland? Like, even the prosecutor is saying, look, we made a mistake. We want to get this guy out of here. And he's just letting him sit there. And I'm looking at him. He's being interviewed by ABC News. He's an older brother. He's uh, 62 years old now. He's in a wheelchair. And they still won't let him go. Still won't let him go. Yeah, I, I mean, it just shows the hypocrisy of the whole so-called, quote-unquote, justice system when you see people that like the couple that did wave the guns and brandish weapons, that's a crime, right on mm-hmm. live, being streamed live, you know, right. and they're not even, there's not even talk of prosecution of them, just pardoning. But then a black man that is definitely innocent is still in jail. So that shows exactly what the legal system, the penal system is about. It's about chateau slavery of black people and re-enslaving black people. And, you know, that's not a clear-cut example of that. I don't know what is. I feel you, brother, for real. Well, I want to keep it moving. Uh, it's, we're in our second hour now. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, the next thing I want to do is tell the story of what happened on Juneteenth. Now, remember, all of this is going on just this past week. This ain't been the past year. This was the past week that this has been going on. And all while they're talking about Juneteenth now is a national holiday, our first national holiday. On Juneteenth, we introduced the 28th Amendment. We had Senator Merkley, Senator Kamlager, Representative uh, Williams, and many others, including the descendants of the, uh, of the abolitionists Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass, both of whom who have been here on this program with us and are slavery abolitionists, members of the ASNN. Uh, we had people who had been formerly incarcerated speak, uh, as well as representing the Hispanic community out in California and Texas. Uh, it was powerful. And then we also released a one-minute video uh, that was produced uh, thanks to Bianca Tylek, who is running the federal effort for the Abolish Slavery National Network. Um, she put together a website where you can text in. As a matter of fact, let me see if I can find this number right now where you can actually text this uh, your congressperson just by dialing a number and then uh, typing in, in the exception. So I'm looking on this list right here. Help me out if either one of you believe off, I, I believe offhand it's 52886. 52886, right. Okay, yes, that's it. So if you, uh, if you want to help right now, you can do that. Dial 52886. And then type in as one word in the exception and just follow the directions from there. Uh, We did that during this event, and they showed on the map how many people and and where they were that were right now at that point within like a little five-minute period texting their congressman to end the exception. And it was a 1,000 that popped up in like five minutes across the whole country except in the north. Utah and Nebraska uh, sitting there like we didn't did our South work. Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were like, you know, we ain't trying to hear that. We don't even have radio out here. So what you talking about? So <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> it looked it looked really good, man, to see a thousand people do that immediately. Uh, I was very proud uh, to see that event occur. Uh, 
And um, I, what I want to do now is play some testimony or a message that was given to us from Senator Merkley of Oregon and Senator Cam Lager of uh, California. This is their message on Juneteenth. Uh, go ahead and listen to that. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Abolition Today. Abolition. Abolition. Hi, my name is Sydney Camwalker, and I am Senator for the 30th Senate District representing Los Angeles and the proud author of ACA3. I am so excited to welcome you all to the Capitol today, and today is momentous. Not only are we celebrating Juneteenth, but on Thursday, the President of the United States signed into law recognizing Juneteenth as a national holiday. And while we are talking about freedom and emancipation, we are on a nationwide movement to get slavery and involuntary servitude of all kinds out of our state constitution. And ACA3 will do that here, right here in California. We know the emancipation of black people in the southern part of this country in 1865 was only the start and a delayed start in this continued journey for freedom, for emancipation, for self-determination, and for dominion over ourselves. I am so glad to see a conversation happening around this country about Juneteenth, about educating ourselves, our neighbors, and our country about the freedoms that black people deserve and how those freedoms have been delayed and denied year after year, generation after generation. I am hoping that we can get to the point where this is a paid holiday, but I will settle for getting ACA3 passed and making sure that involuntary servitude and slavery are out of our constitution. Because we know that if one person is not free, none of us are free. And we know that the biggest plantations in our state are our our prisons. And so we have work ahead of us. I hope you will enjoy today. I hope this is the kickoff of something imaginative and exciting and vibrant. And I hope your voices don't stop shouting that we all must be free, that we must all work to pass ACA3, that we all must continue to talk about freedom, freedom for everyone. It is what we all desire, and it is what we all deserve. Thank you. Greetings. Senator Jeff Murphy here, and a happy Juneteenth. With the Emancipation Proclamation more than 150 years ago, our nation took an historic step toward realizing the founding vision of America, a country where everyone is equal, with the same opportunities to thrive. But today is not just a celebration of June 19, 1865. It is also a celebration of how far we have come together as a nation since that day, the history, culture, and contributions that generations of black Americans have made to our nation. We see it everywhere, in every aspect of our society, in science and in medicine, and of course in our nation's government. Yet we know that the work of making that vision of a just and equal society a reality is unfinished. We know that slavery's legacy of injustice continues in many ways today. A loophole in the 13th Amendment, 
an amendment that was designed to end slavery, actually allowed slavery to continue if people were convicted of a crime. This led to the Black Codes, laws that were invented to make it, well, basically a crime to be black, fueling an explosion of corrupt arrests and mass incarceration of black Americans. That loophole had all the effects of slavery, ripping families apart, economic strife, and generational trauma. And there's no question that the dark and difficult days of the past year have once again made us really confront the inequalities currently that still exist in economics and health and housing and access to opportunities. But I believe in the words of Dr. King, who said that human progress is neither automatic nor inevitable. Every step toward the goal of justice requires sacrifice, suffering, and struggle. The tireless exertions and passionate concern of dedicated individuals. Our nation has gotten as far as it has in the last century and a half because generations of Americans of all backgrounds tirelessly worked to make it happen. And with today's impassioned voices, organizing, marching, fighting for a better world, this generation of Americans is continuing this essential work. That's why this Juneteenth, I am convinced that we will make the founding vision of America a nation of freedom, justice, equality, and opportunity for all a reality. Through my resolution to amend the Constitution, the Abolition Amendment, we can finally eliminate the last vestiges of slavery within the 13th Amendment by investing in America's schools and communities and affordable housing and health care and more, we can close the opportunity gaps to keep so many from achieving their dreams. It won't happen overnight. There's a tremendous amount of work to be done to eliminate systemic racism from our laws, from our society, to eliminate racism from our hearts. But in the spirit of Juneteenth, the celebration of progress, we must continue to work together to make our nation free and just for all Americans. Abolition. You just heard Senator Cam Lager and Senator Merkley, two senators, talking about this on Juneteenth. Yusuf? Powerful. Very powerful. And it was just... Uh, it was it was pleasing on the heart to hear that, you know, that for it to reach this level. We've been talking about it for a while. I think it was appropriate that they did it on that specific day. And yes. I just, yeah, and we, we encourage everyone to text to, text in the exception to 52886. I think they can also go to intheexception.com. That's another way, and they can also, you can either tweet or do a Facebook post after you sign the petition that's going around, and it's going to automatically go to whomever the the senators are of your state. So you can go to ntheexception.com and go that path, sign the petition, or you can also text ntheexception to 52886. Thank you, brother. You know, when I said the week has been epic, 
as you can see, we ain't playing. Mm-hmm. This is you for real, playing. for real. We ain't playing. This is having international implications and ripple effects. We played that on the last show where we were talking about, you know, how the whole world now is looking at America and just seeing the superficial stuff. And that's enough for them to decry it as crimes against humanity. Wait till they see the deeper stuff that we've been talking about. And here we have these superheroes because that's what they are right now. Doing what they can to end slavery, even an 11 year old girl talking about in front of these powerful ass men and women talking about, you better let my people go. (laughs) Listen, we've been giving them the warning for months, Max. We're going to tear your kingdom down. For real. That's what we're going to do, Satan. We're going to tear your kingdom down. And there's no stopping it. You can pause it. You can hold it back a little bit, but you ain't stopping it. It's too late for that. So this gag rule that you got going where you're not giving us hearings or you're only giving us 12 hours notification before hearing or you've decided to come in as an entire party and vote no by asking little excuses like, what did they ask uh, Representative Jordan? If we vote no today, you don't think that we're voting for slavery, are you? Well, you remember what Sister Hannah said? She said, if you vote, no, today, make no mistake, you are voting to keep slavery in the state of Ohio. That's where we're at with it, right there. So <laughs> Exactly. We, we ain't pulling no punches, bro. We're coming up with the Godzilla steps on them. Shout out to the, all the groups and organizations that have made this possible, this day that many of us only dreamt of, only dreamt of. And we're not talking about, you know, how suddenly the world is going to change. What we're talking about is there's a door. That's always been closed to us. We have never had the opportunity to get beyond that door, to do anything that is beyond that door. And we're about to open it. And when that door opens, there's a whole new era outside of it that we'll have to act upon where slavery is not legal. There's no defense no more. You can't say, you know, we uh, worked you for 16 hours a day making uh, Victoria's Secret underwear at 28 cents an hour, and that's not slavery because the 13th Amendment says it's okay to do that. Uh, you can't say that anymore. Imagine that. Right. <laughs> you know? We, we don't know. We don't, none of us know the world without slavery. We don't know what it's so. like. So let's open that door. Hey, we're running real late, and there's still a couple of things that I do want to get out there. Uh, so let me go ahead quick to the next one. Is that's all right with you, Yusuf? Absolutely. All right. You brothers good? All right, all right. So I want to go next to the, what we would normally have for our music break. But to me, this was just heartwarming and touching, man. It's a song uh, that's been a remix featuring DMX and Tupac. You know, Tupac 16th. And like I said, you know, we are remembering our fallen. It's Lord Can You Hear Me 2 by DJ Scandalous, a.k.a. Kevin Rivera. And that's going to be followed by Juneteenth. Speaking uh, by Reverend Ibani Marshall uh, Terman out of Yale University. You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org, and everything you heard is real. We'll be right back after this. Abolition, Abolition. Today. Please bow your heads. Let us pray. Yeah. Uh. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, judgment thou shalt condemn. Lord, give me a sign. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Preach. And that righteousness is of me, said the Lord. Preach. Amen. 
My response is unequivocally, no. Juneteenth is not for everybody. Juneteenth is, in my opinion, for everybody black, recognizes as holy the abolition of legal chattel slavery that held persons of African descent in the Americas and more specifically the United States in bondage until June 19, 1865 two and a half years after Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. The arbiters of power have primarily considered the abolition of slavery in relation to its economic and political red militaristic concerns. Even the Emancipation Proclamation was principally about winning the war against the Confederacy, not about the moral value of black life. Black people negotiated and approximated abolition as primarily a moral issue, while not dismissing the political and economic abolitionist argument. This nation cannot even agree with a very simple assertion, namely that black lives matter. How are you going to celebrate black freedom? How is this nation going to celebrate black freedom when it is opposed to talking about black bondage, right? Like, how are we gonna talk about black freedom if you don't even want us to talk about slavery and the logics undergirding it. Speaking of Juneteenth, this is the same nation that abolished slavery, but didn't, right? By way of the rhetorical trickery of the 13th Amendment that followed Juneteenth and moved with all deliberate postbellum speed to construct a so-called criminal justice system that eventually would incarcerate more people today than were enslaved on Juneteenth, 1865. Juneteenth shouldn't be a national holiday, if for nothing else but that this nation traffics not only in bastardizing what is black and holy, black dignity, black freedom, black um, personality, right? Black humanity, but it traffics in bastardizing holidays. Do you know that the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday is one of the biggest holiday in the nation if not the biggest yeah king shot down like a dog on a memphis balcony while preparing to march for sanitation workers for just wages i'm gonna keep it straight in new york nah son juneteenth should not become a national holiday this nation doesn't deserve us they want sold our bodies but our freedom, but our freedom, but our will never be for sale. Never be for sale. Never abolition. Abolition. It was the Reverend Reverend Ebony Marshall uh, <laughs> from Yale, and before that, of course, it was DMX and Tupac. Lord, can you hear me too? By DJ Scandalous, aka A Kevin Rivera. You, I loved it. I really did. She broke down every aspect of the things that 
we're saying and how I feel about it, just correcting the narrative. And, of course, you know, DMX and Tupac, you know, part of my young adulthood, intricate parts of my young adulthood. So just hearing them is nostalgic. You know, it was saying, Lord, give me a sign. Well, I believe the Lord has given us the signs that we need. You know what I mean? We've been playing them all night long. The angels are out there singing the chorus. Everybody knows from the babies to the elders what you're doing. We all know now. You know, that critical mass thing? We done hit that. Right. It's too late. Yeah, we're past critical mass now. Yeah, we're past critical mass. When you're hearing all of these different voices all over the country talking about it like that and understanding fully what the situation is. But, you know, we ain't done yet. And I'm sorry if we had any callers earlier that tried to get on, but we had kind of a tight show tonight because it's Papa's Day and I didn't want to work too hard, you know. And I want you to hear firsthand the things that we heard this week and get you the highlights, and we did that. I got one more I want to share with you. And this one is of the opposition, the type of people who are standing in the way of us, ending slavery, the type of people who would stand up and say, no, I'm going to vote no, because we want this to stay right here in the state. If we'd known you all were going to be this much trouble, we would have picked our own fucking cotton. (laughs) See? (laughs) That's how they're going to feel after the night, right? Right. (laughs) We just abolition today smacked the hell out of them. But uh, here we go. I'm going to play now a Florida GOP candidate by the name of William Braddock. He was caught on tape threatening to kill, and, and you'll hear how he did it, candidate Anna Pauline Luna. So I'm going to get right into this so you can get this in your head. Here's what we're dealing with. Abolition Today. We'll be right back after this. Abolition, Abolition. Today. Abolition. Who knows what evil looks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> we were at dinner at Hawker's in front of everyone. One of my famous brothers, the billionaire, was going to actually. We're bringing in over half a We're bringing in over half a billion dollars from offshore from Volta and Gibraltar to fund my campaign. Even though know, my campaign only needs a million dollars to take in the primary and another five or six for the midterm. We're bringing in half a billion dollars because they understand how fucking serious it is to keep our country intact. Wow. And with that kind of money, I'm going to have 24-7 two former Secret Service officers up my ass unless I'm taking a shit in the morning. And I don't want to hear this. I don't want to know about this, but now we have access to a hit plot too, Ukrainians and Russians. Damn. You you did not fucking hear that from me. I I didn't hear what. <laughs> but this shit is getting deep. And I don't want to be on the wrong side of it. I don't so. want to be on the wrong side of it either. So why would we need... I guess, like, I mean, th- that's... Oh, well, no, you're not going to be... I mean, you're going to be a part of it regardless. But I'm just saying, don't get caught in public like supporting Luna because Luna supporters are going... Luna's going to go down. And I hope it's by yourself. Um, is that why, like, I mean, I don't, that's, do, like, is that what, like, the Russians are for? I just, that's, 
like if we do it so my my polling my polling people are going to charge me twenty thousand dollars for the poll right before the primary and if the poll says who's going to win she's going to be gone she's going to disappear dang and you cannot tell anybody that i would never tell But anybody for that. the good of our country we have to sacrifice the few to sacrifice the what the few for the for the better of the good of the majority of the people we've got to sacrifice the few so she's a crazy bitch she's a democrat with a gun she supported obama immigration policies she's flip-flop on on abortion she's a stupid con excuse my language social media influencer yeah there's no reason she should be in office and i'd be terrified if she was controlling my quality of life i have no doubt in your capabilities that's why i'm so interested in what you're doing the only problem is like okay so let's just say that like luna's gonna win like she won't and if she if we have polling that proves she won't yeah. she's gonna be gone period that's in discussion luna is not an issue so how does she Matthew how do we Canada. make her go though i just don't understand that just, how do you make her what how do we make her go Uh, I call up my Russian and Ukrainian hit squad and within 24 hours they're sending me pictures of her disappearing. Oh dang. No, I'm not joking. Like wow. this is beyond this is beyond my control at this point. So it's really bad. Like she's well, really really bad. Well, it's not bad for us. She looks like such a good person. That's what just it just she's a piece of shit. I'm telling you, money ain't a problem. I got access to billions. I'm talking with a B, not millions, billions of dollars. Now, can I funnel that in my campaign of legitimate? Of course not. Right. So I'm still trying to get donations and other people support me and all that. But I'm self-funded. I got cryptocurrency out the ass. I don't need anybody's help. I've got Freemason Brothers offering Russian hit squads. I got, listen, I'm in deep, okay? I am in deep. I will admit that. And if I lose, I'm going to have some good country. But if I win, I'm gonna help make a difference for everyone in the country. Are they other like is this like squad that you're talking about? Are they like snipers? Or how like or I mean, Russian mafia? Like, so whatever. They're badass dudes. Close battle combat tech knives, Mac ten silencers kind of thing. No, no snipers. No. Up close and personal, so they know, the, they know the person. They know that the target is gone. Damn. You do That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Don't fucking be on the wrong side of supporting Luna. Yeah. Because if you're near her when time comes, I just don't want that to happen to you. You've got kids. So don't yeah. be associated with Luna under any circumstances, please. Okay. And do not repeat this to anybody because both of us will be in jeopardy if you do. Yeah. No, I... And I'm not just blowing smoke here. I'm fucking being dead ass serious. And no, it scares I... the shit out of me, too. I know. Marines are... Pretty badass. I, I get it. I, I was with them for a year in Iraq, you know. So I mean, I mean, we're this. This is even scaring me at this point. But I know what I'm doing is noble, and I'm just trying to remain a humble servant of God. And I've got a lot of people behind me. If you told me I've had access, I would have access to the resources I've had. I have right now. A year ago, I'd tell you you're full of shit. I wouldn't believe you. Yeah. 
this has all happened so fucking fast. It's ridiculous. The shadow knows. <laughs> Abolition. Somebody better come get William Braddock. That's William Braddock. I'm Florida. A GOP candidate who threatened to send a hit squad after his primary rival, Anna Paulina Luna, who is running for a Tampa Bay area congressional seat. You heard he said suddenly he got billions of dollars thrown at him and mafias and Ukrainians and Russians that he can kill people with. And he's doing it for noble reasons and a servant of God. You know, we're over here trying to end slavery. That's how we're doing God's work. He want to kill somebody. And he's still running for office like he has not been arrested yet. You said, real quick. <laughs> that was that was just so crazy, man. And like, it, it, listening to it, you would think you're listening, you know, to a movie, watching a movie or something. But that was crazy, you know. And we're going to definitely post that on our uh, – Abolition Today Facebook page so people can read it and they can listen to it again because there was so much stuff said in that. But, of course, we're short on time. You know I could jump on the soapbox in a minute. But, yeah. <laughs> hey, Amazing. if you want, man, uh, let, me, let me get a quick couple words from my peoples over here. Anything I want to say at the end of this program before we get into our final segment? Well, I'm, I'm, I had a question. Uh, come closer, bro. No, I had a question. I was just wondering if the senator has been arrested. No. Really? No. He hasn't wow. been that's congressional clear. candidate. Yeah. He hasn't been arrested. Wow, that's clear terroristic threat. I mean, crystal clear. And, and what about the billions? The, the GOP is throwing billions at this dude, yeah. right, for a congressional seat. Anything you guys want to finish off with? That's basically, um, you know, that's um, conspiracy. I mean, now Red basically just, if this is a black group, oh, you know, all of them oh, would have been arrested. You know, him and his whole damn family, all the, GOP the whole city arrested. would have been yeah. on lockdown. You, all you Negroes is involved. Uh, <laughs> Anything, guys? Nah, yeah, it, it, it's true. <laughs> Tragically so. Uh, good luck. And you know, just continue to, to shout out, uh, especially all of the freedom fighters on the inside, the political prisoners, prisoners of war. Word, like Brother Alonzo Cole who called in earlier. Uh, absolutely. Mike, any fun words? Are you good? All right. Mike says peace. <laughs> hey, why don't you go ahead and give a shout out to our, our, our sponsors. And if you have any final comments too, Brother Yusuf, go ahead and do that. Thank you, brother. So we'd definitely like to give a shout-out to our sponsors and our partners, Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, the I Am We Ubuntu Ubuntu Prison Advocacy Network, Sema Urge, Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center, where Max and the crew are live right now, Prismatic Dreams, the Black Talk Radio Network. No doubt. Thank you very much. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. I like when we have to do a rush close and the immortal words of Fannie Lou Hamer. None of us are free until all of us are free. That's all I would say. Amen. Say louder to the people in the back in here. Uh, you got educated today, and you saw all of this happening in just the course of a week. You have to make your own decisions about what we're dealing with, but we want your support. So remember to go ahead and text to 5288. Is it 56882 or 52886? 52886. 52886. 
52886. One word, and the exception. And you can go to theandtheexception.com as well. All right, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Abolition Today page for all the news, information, and music you heard here on the program. Abolition Today is available on all your major podcast platforms and is cybercast on the Black Talk Radio Network. Also, remember to join the movement at abolishslavery.us to become a part of the solution. We'll be back on Sunday, June 27th, with special guest Professor Joy James, a revolutionary author, educator, academic, and abolitionist. So put that on your schedule. You do not want to miss that. Our Bridging the Gap segment is produced by Leroy Heider from the 1865 speech by Frederick Douglass in reply to the proposed disbandment of the American Anti-Slavery Society. That will be paired with Michael Jackson's classic song, song, Leave Me Alone. We'll see you next Sunday with our special guest, Professor Joy James. Until then, think about abolition today. Peace. 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 Peace and blessings be upon you. Peace. Abolition. Abolition. I ask my friends who are apologizing for not insisting upon this right, where can the black man look in this country for the assertion of his right? if he may not look to the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society? Where, under the whole heavens, can he look for sympathy in asserting this right, if he may not look to this platform? Have you lifted us up to a certain height to see that we are men, and then are any disposed to leave us there without seeing that we are put in possession of all our rights? We look naturally to this platform for the assertion of all our rights, and for this one especially. I understand the anti-slavery societies of this country to be based on two principles. First, the freedom of the blacks of this country. And second, the elevation of them. Let me not be misunderstood here. I am not asking for sympathy at the hands of abolitionists sympathy at the hands of any. I think the American people are disposed often to be generous rather than just. I look over this country at the present time and I see educational societies, sanitary commissions, freedmen's associations and the like, all very good. But in regard to people of color in this land, There has always been more that is benevolent, I perceive, than just manifested toward us. What I ask for the black man is not benevolence, not pity, not sympathy, but simply justice. The American people have always been anxious to know what they shall do with us. Everybody has asked the question and learned to ask it early of the abolitionists. What shall we do with the black man? I have had but one answer from the beginning. Do nothing with us. Your doing with us has already played the mischief with us. Do nothing with us. If the apple will not remain on the tree of their own strength, If they are worm-eaten at the core, if they are early ripe and disposed to fall, then let them fall. 
I'm not for tying or fastening them on the tree in any way except by nature's plan. And if they will not stay there, then let them fall. If the black man cannot stand on his own legs, then let him fall also. All I ask is, give him a chance to stand on his own legs. Let him alone. If you see him on his way to school, let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going to the dinner table at a hotel, then let him go. If you see him going to the ballot box, then let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going into a workshop, just let him alone. Your interference is doing him a positive injury. Let him fall if he cannot stand alone. If the black man cannot live by the line of eternal justice, the fault will not be yours. It will be his who made the black man and established that line for his government. Let him live or die by that. If you will only untie his hands and give him a chance, I think he will live. He will work as readily for himself as the white man. Now a great many delusions have been swept away by this war. One was that the black man would not work. He has proved his ability to work. Another was that the black man would not fight that he possessed only the most cheapest attributes of humanity, was a perfect lamb or an Uncle Tom, disposed to take off his coat whenever required, fold his hands and be whipped by anybody who wanted to whip him. But this war, this war has proved that there is a great deal of human nature in that black man. And that yes, he will fight.
Abolition. Abolition. Hey, this is Max Parkers. One more time. The Abolition Today is sponsored by Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center. If you'd like to make a donation and help us to continue this type of programming, our cash app is Abolition with a capital A. C, capital C, T-R. That's Abolition C-T-R with a capital A and a capital C. Also, our PayPal is abolitionistcenter at gmail.com. We appreciate your support. Peace.